0: Hello and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Hody Nemus, a third-year rabbinical student at YCT Rabbinical School.
1: And I'm Michelle Friedman, Chair of Pastoral Counseling at YCT. In each episode of this podcast, we explore psychological insights gleaned from the Torah portion of the week. Today we're talking about Parshat Vayishlach towards the end of the book of Bereshit, Genesis. And our theme today is going to be what happens when we try and change our basic character. So Hodi's going to go into a summary of the Parsha, but I'm going to lead off by just directing our listeners to thinking about The verse early on, when after the very famous story of Jacob wrestling with the angel, God changes Jacob's name to Israel, and it signifies a profound change in Jacob, Yaakov, the character. It's a traumatic moment, and people who go through deep trauma sometimes will say, I'm a changed person. And we're going to talk about Jacob's wrestling with his own character. What happens when he tries to be different than ways we've known him to be before? So in many ways, Jacob is one of the most interesting
0: characters in Sefer Brashid. Wily, simple, uh, you know, a fighter, but also somebody who steps back. And nowhere do we see that interesting mixture come out more clearly than in this week's Parsha. And of course, the climax of the Parsha is, as you said, the, the wrestling with the angel when he receives his new name. And but really, what happens when when Yaakov receives his name, Israel? For you've wrestled with God and with, with humans, and now you have triumphed, the angel says to him. But what? how does he change? So I think it's worth noting that in that sequence, it says that the angel grabs the Gid the sort of nerve at the back of his leg, and then he's, he's limping. He limps away from that encounter. What does it mean to be limping? So I think that, uh, you know, Yaakov, after this moment, he walks a little more slowly. He has to limp towards his encounter, his showdown with Esav, his brother, the next day. And we see him encountering this showdown Uh, with the people of the land of Canaan, when his daughter Dina is raped by Shechem, and his approach is vastly different to the approach
1: that he's taken in the past to conflict. So you're saying he not only has a physical change, he has a kind of personality or characterologic change.
0: That's right. Because think about what is Yaakov's approach to conflict in the in in the past? Right? Trickery. Trickery. He he tricks his father. He he hatches plans. Right. He grabs the birthright from uh, his brother. And with Lavan, with his employer, right? He he sneakily runs away in the night. He's got a plan, and he's got he's a man of you know wily action. I would say. But with the Dina story, everything changes. He's much more passive. And specifically, at the height of the Dina story, Dina has been tragically raped. And you would expect now, Yaakov's going to hatch some slippery plan. Revenge. Exactly. But this is what the Torah says. It says, Jacob heard... That he, Shechem, had defiled his daughter Dina. But since his sons were in the field with the cattle, Jacob kept silent until they came home. He kept silent. And when they come home, it is the sons who take action. Levi and Shimon. And they end up, of course, massacring the townspeople later. And Jacob really stays out of it.
1: Until then. He gets angry at them after.
0: That's right. But they get the last word. They say, well... What, are we going to let our sister be a harlot? And there's no response from Jacob. Right. So he's silent again. He's silent. So let's talk about this specific approach that Yaakov is taking in the partial, the hands-off approach. So, I mean, I can imagine there are some benefits to stepping back, letting others sort of uh, inhabit leadership roles, and yet it seems like
1: it sort of goes off the rails here. But they need to be prepared for it. I think it needs to be a more gradual process, and people can't jump to maturity oh, I see. in one in, in a nanosecond. So
0: under our theory, Yaakov sort of is—he is, has this encounter with the angel.
1: He tries to—that's
0: right. He, he's a changed man, perhaps realizing he needs to step back uh, in the
1: role he's had, and uh, and that's just too fast for. It's his too children. fast for the rest of the. It's too fast for the system. I see. Yaakov is a changed man, and he has this deep insight. Maybe he even has regret for some of the things. Now I'm I'm interpolating this, but he he changes really fast his withdrawal from the scene is pretty radical and mm-hmm. nobody's prepared for it right. and actually we see that a lot of chaos ensues a lot of
0: chaos later in the parsha towards the end the his eldest son starts sleeping with the with jacob's concubines right the mothers
1: of his brothers so that's a total oligon in yes. terms of the chaos. basic order of the family that's right so we're going to take this story of a leader in our case, in the Parsha, Jacob, who really does a 180 in his leadership style. And the results are very confounding. Now we're gonna switch to a more contemporary type of vignette, a kind of organizational exposition of this theme, and let's make it a shul. So we have a shul, a a venerable shul in a city, that has, a, has an older rabbi who is retiring. We'll call him Rabbi Micah. Rabbi Micah has been on the job, let's say, for 30-plus years, and he ruled with a kind of autocratic style involved in everything. And when the shul committee is looking for a new rabbi, they want somebody different. They want a new style. They want somebody who listens to the community more, who gets a sense of what the, the members want and is going to work with them in a more maybe democratic way. So they hire a new younger guy. We'll call him Rabbi Noam. And they are, they're really eager, they say, to get somebody who's going to mobilize this uh, congregation. Rabbi Noam moves to town. He cuts in on the job and he realizes that uh, things aren't working, that people aren't taking initiative. He listens to them and he hears that young parents want some kind of parent co-op, that some people are concerned with social justice issues, but there's a certain passivity that he encounters. And he asks one of the older guys, who's older women perhaps, who's been there for a long time, and they say, Rabbi, we're used to waiting for the mm-hmm. rabbi to tell us what to do.
0: Sounds like they're very good at complaining.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> it sounds kind of like a familiar type of story. It does. It where does. people are used to a boss who maybe they complain about, but that boss has taken charge, and they've kind of felt taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe it's a paternalistic style, But it's kind of a familiar one, and it allows people to not develop, Mm -hmm. maybe in the way that Shimon and Leithi didn't develop. Because their father was perhaps so dominant. Yeah, maybe he was such a competent or maybe uh, take charge, let's not say competent, but take charge kind of leader that they had very rudimentary
0: skills. So if a rabbi like Rabbi Noam is coming in with this whole different style and approach to, uh, to leadership, how can you make this a little bit easier for the congregation, for the community to uh, accept that there's a, new, there's a new style in town?
1: Well, probably it's that change can't just be radical, that people need to get ready for change, mm-hmm. that they need to be introduced to the idea of taking more responsibility
0: so Rabbi Noam and all
1: leaders in this sort of situation,
0: do they need to be open about their style of leadership, what you can expect from me, here's how I operate, that sort of thing? That's something I don't see very often uh, right? in
1: leaders. I think because leaders are scared of being vulnerable. They're scared that, they, that uh, asking about consensus equals weakness, whereas actually I think it's a great strength. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think our text Teases us with this You and I were talking about this That this story about the rape of Dina By Shrem Uses oddly tender language On the part of Shrem. Why do? Why does the text tell us That Shrem loved Dina? I, it's kind you, of a tender Right, but it, instead It's almost as though there's a kind of softening And you think like, well Maybe this was this terrible action But the Torah gives us tender kind of language and it's it's sort of provocative because in a way I'm thinking that what if Jacob had said okay sons you hot-headed ones I get it that you're really offended that what's happened to your sister and you're right but let's think about this what's the best way to proceed tell me what you're thinking
0: I see. What is your uh, emotional temperature right now? Right. And that perhaps, if he had done that, he might have been able to avert uh, the massacre that follows.
1: So I think it lets us know how important the role of character and predictability is in the security and the order of any system whether it's a family system, a rabbinic organization, like a shul in in our little vignette, that people cannot change overnight. They may have the capacity to do it, but they need to grow. They need to get used to taking charge in a way that they didn't before. Shabbat Shalom.